1: That's right. It's time, Marcus, for us to help them defeat the Bro, negative you fire insurgency me up, man. In their you lives. Fire me up, are you ready? I'm ready! Let's roll! Let's roll! From the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli. We fight our country's battles in the air on land and sea. You know, the only people that I believe that I'm I'm kind of okay with allowing that moniker, that description to happen are the Marines. Because the Marines have been kicking ass for over 200
2: years. They're bad to the bone. You ever heard them sing? You ever heard a company of them fire that song off? I don't know. When, if I, I, when I was in, and when you are in, you got your badge on, you kind of like, oh, man, whatever. You know, hey. Right. But now you're older and you, you reflect back on that stuff, man. Listen, I was even impressed then when when you're around a, a gaggle of them and they start firing that thing off. Usually late at night after everything's been beat down, that kind of deal. Yeah. And, uh. You get all them baritones firing that cr- it's it's powerful. It's pretty awesome, yeah, it's good. dude.
1: Well I well you think of the legacy of the Marine Corps and you think of the heritage, you think of uh you, you know, you think of just the magnitude fr- literally from Northern Africa through uh through the Revolutionary War, through the Civil War, through I mean, they've been a part of all every- the way up
3: to major pain.
1: Why do you gotta go there? Why do you got to bring Major <laughs> Payne? It's a funny movie. I like it. But come on, man. Chesty Puller would shoot you in your face right now if you made that association. Dude, you hey, know that, they right?
2: still carry in the torch. <laughs> Our Secretary of Defense's nickname is Mad Dog. Let me tell you something. Mad, Mad he, Dog he, Mattis, he, he, brother. A, a general officer to get a name Mad Dog? Your you men got to give you that one in the Corps. Too That's close it. to the... Right?
1: Oh, yeah. I, have you seen like the T-shirts out there right now with Mad Dog Mattis and... Oh, uh, they are hilarious bro and my favorite one that just came out you know he was on he was on the hill testified before congress and and what some congress person said you know uh, general uh, what keeps you up at night he goes I keep people up at night <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> right I don't get PTSD man we give it <laughs> Oh, man, the Marine Corps. That's why today's show is so awesome. Because we have one of the Marine Corps' finest in its entire history on the show. Think about that. I want you, to, you, you gents to wrap your mind around that fact. We are bringing on one of the most significant Marines in its history, Medal of Honor recipient, Kyle Carpenter. That's big time, brother. That's big time.
2: Oh, man. Don't. I? You try to get me explain this one uh, on, in the beginning. It can take all day, man. Yeah, that's a big deal. It, right? I, I mean, I, that's right? a big deal. I mean, that's
1: a big deal.
2: I normally don't change the facial expressions when I say something's going to hurt you or it's a big deal. Ask the wizard.
1: <laughs> no, you're pretty stoic. <laughs> right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can just give that regular look. But that's a different look I'm looking oh, yeah. at right now. Yeah, man, these
2: guys, you know, they're supporting that. one. they come walking in, you find, I don't care who you are, where you're at, what you're doing, stop what you're doing, go over there, pay your respects.
1: Literally, in all the traditions that go with oh, it, all man, the. I,
2: once you go through something, the crucible that he had to go through and then be acknowledged by the Marine Corps, that's a big deal, man. That's You just pick your poison, whatever profession you want, man. You better spend a lifetime in it to get the amount, half the amount of respect this dude carries around
1: from his act. And that's serious. So I think it's critical, wizard. And you you said so yourself. You think it's, you know, it's always essential with these individuals to to have an ignition point to launch off on, on this show. Now, before we get into that and and read his citation, Wizard's gonna read the citation. I wanna just thank all of our listeners for coming back. All right. If you this if you're coming back here, welcome back to the TNQ podcast. Man, we are so stoked. We couldn't do this without you. We couldn't be as successful if we've been. We couldn't be at the numbers over 2.3 million downloads in just a year, nominated as one iTunes top of 2016. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's because of you. It's because of how you guys have warmed up, and it's also because of our guests, right? These incredible human beings that come on to share their greatest never quit story or stories for you for the listener in order to help you basically go into the combat of life with a never quit mindset and that's big man and that's big if this is your first time here well, welcome aboard there sailor. Welcome aboard, shipmate, because you're in store for a show that is going to blow your doors off. You are going to learn more so much from from this man, from from who he is, from what he's doing in his life, what he's been through that you there is I there's no doubt in my military mind that you will take something significant away from this show along with every other show that we try and provide for you. So, thank you. If you want to know more about, if this is your first time, you know, you can download us on iTunes, you know, go to the iTunes app, subscribe, you can listen to us on demand at any time, whether you're waking up in the morning, driving into work, coming home from work, you're having a bad day, you just got yelled at by somebody you care about, and you need to get back in a fight, we're always there for you. Or go to our website at tnqpodcast.com and check us out there. All right, wizard, I think the the most appropriate thing to set the stage for our listeners and for this incredible honor of this interview that we're going to do. Would you please start us out with Kyle's citation?
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. Presented to William Kyle Carpenter. Citation reads For conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty while serving as an automatic rifleman in Company F. 2nd Battalion, 9th Marines, Regimental Combat Team 1, 1st Marine Division, 1st Marine Expeditionary Force in Helmand Province, Afghanistan, in support of Operation Enduring Freedom on 21 November 2010. Lance Corporal Carpenter, as a member of a platoon-sized coalition force comprised of two reinforced Marine rifle squads partnered with an Afghan National Army Squad, The platoon had established Patrol Base Dakota two days earlier in a small village in the Marja District in order to disrupt enemy activity and provide security for local Afghan population. Lance Corporal Carpenter and a fellow Marine were manning a rooftop security position on the perimeter of Patrol Base Dakota when the enemy initiated a daylight attack with hand grenades, one of which landed inside their sandbag position. Without hesitation and with complete disregard for his own safety, Lance Corporal Carpenter moved toward the grenade in an attempt to shield his fellow Marine from the deadly blast. When the grenade detonated, his body absorbed the brunt of the blast, severely wounding him, but saving the life of his fellow Marine. By his undaunted courage, bold fighting spirit, and unwavering devotion to duty in the face of almost certain death, Lance Corporal Carpenter reflected great credit upon himself and upheld the highest traditions of the Marine Corps and the United States Naval Service.
1: Semper... Fie, dude do or die man i hear that thing i swear to god i get so fired up because that's the epitome that's what it's all about right that's why we put the uniform on that's why we go through hell that's why we go overseas so you know you you can instill in your brothers that that's inside of you he did it he did it and he lived well
2: What are we talking about here? I mean, we, we throw the uniform on, we go through the training, we get the mind, and you know, everything just military bearing, everything's wired into us, and then there's the test. The test. How far we're gonna take this. Unbelievable. The biggest one if it ever worked, right? If what we're doing is a real thing, <laughs> if you got some guy jumping on a grenade or some dudes he wasn't born with, didn't come from the same town not the same color the same religion in the fact that the love is so great in the uniform that i'm willing to jump on this damn thing and chew it up and die if necessary just so you guys have the opportunity to put a boot in the dude's ass who threw it up here i'm game man and you 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 can't i mean that that's that blows people that blows my mind we, we talk about all the time when you hear the medal of honor or you hear somebody that gets it, it Everyone kind of thinks in your head, you know, badass badass gunfight. But there's that one. Everyone's like, man, jumping on a grade, that's the biggest one right there.
1: I, when I heard about Mike Mansoor, yeah. like it, it shook me to my core. It still does. It still does.
2: Jump, I mean, there's a reason why there, theres uh, we use that that saying uh, out in town, and we just kind of throw it around. Like, hey, bro, I'll jump a grenade for you. Or, you know, I got to jump on. Because that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's the biggest one It resonates through the entire community, through the world, man, dude jumped
3: on a grenade for you. It's the
1: ultimate sacrifice.
3: Um, That action just seems to distill down so many of the core ideals that you have with the guy next to you in combat into one act. I think that's why it's so powerful. Man, this dude, if he tells you he's got your back, he does. He's like, hey man, I got your back. I I believe
2: you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, man, I can't wait anymore, dude. We gotta get him on. Uh, let's let's bring him on. Let's bring let's get Kyle Carpenter, Medal of Honor recipient, on the show. Man. Let's do it, Marcus. Are you, I don't know if you feel it on me, but uh, like I feel like my skin is about to just. Catch on fire, dude! I'm so fired up about this one, man. And it's been going on not just for the last week or two when I when I first made contact with him, but this has been going on for months and months since since when when we first started the podcast a year ago, brother. And my good friend Lex McMahon with Titan FC is a former Marine. He said, "Hey, Rut." And I'm like, what's up, White Buffalo? And he goes, brother, I've got the perfect (laughs) guy for the show. I go, who? Send it. Send it. Let me hear it. He goes, brother, I can introduce you to Kyle Carpenter. I said, don't play with me, dude, because (laughs) Kyle Carpenter is what our listeners need, man. So guess what, Marcus? Oh, yeah. Guess what? He's here, brother. He's here with us. And I'm fired up.
2: Yeah. Hey, this is probably when... (laughs) comes to these guys, man, this is probably one of the best guys we've had on the show. Hands everybody. down! I mean, you, you got to understand the, what he's gone through and what he's in and kind of the fraternity that he represents for right now. It's the only only fraternity on the planet the president has to salute first. I'm to tell you what that means.
1: Dude, that's happy.
2: I'm not. That puts it in perspective. That right. does.
1: That just summed it up. That just made it even bigger for me. Now, yeah,
2: president now, of the United States walks into a room, has to render a salute to that guy. That ought <laughs> to tell you the sacrifice that he made for everybody listening right now. So, Listen.
1: let's get them let's get them on ladies and gentlemen boys and girls american all over the world it is a distinct honor and i'm serious kyle about there this it is a distinct honor to welcome you to the tnq podcast brother thank you for coming on
4: uh well let's just start off with that was by far the best and most <laughs> badass introduction i have ever had so <laughs> thank you so much uh Look around, <laughs> it just awesome. gets better, dude. dude. You are awesome, and I truly appreciate you having me. And I'm excited about it. And uh, you know, first and foremost, before you do anything, I just want to thank you for your service. Uh, as oh, you have okay. already told me, it's greatly appreciated, and uh, great podcast, and, and and you know, great people. Uh, continue to get the the good word about our military and, and those that wear the uniform and the sacrifices they make out there. So uh, hats off to you, gentlemen.
1: Thank thank you so much, sir. All right. So, Kyle, what we got to do, brother, is we've got to get loosened up. We've got to stretch out. We've got to massage our prefrontal cortex. We've got to start flickering those little amygdalas in the limbic system. And the way we do that here on the TNQ podcast is how, Marcus? Mad Minute. The Mad minute now wizard give a little brief back on what the mad minute is to kyle for me will you please the mad minute
3: the mad minute is going to be a rapid fire series of questions meant to be answered immediately the first thing that comes to your mind these questions will be any range from serious to completely ridiculous (laughs) most important first thing that comes to your mind
1: check roger
4: all right I, this will uh this will be my first minute of getting grilled like this but i think i ready. I know you're
1: ready you're marine man <laughs> you're marine for fi dallas dude
4: uh <laughs> Dave, you're getting you're getting me real excited Dave. you better calm I down i can't man. brother I'm <laughs> <real excited. laughs> dude what i'm telling this, you this it right
1: here i what i'm telling you how fired up i am that you're on this show dude it, it i mean it man and that's why this is yeah. going to be fun marcus <laughs> Go ahead and lock and load that Modus in Unleash, please. All right.
2: High school mascot.
1: Knights. I dig it. Mine was a Scotsman, a dude in a dress. Scot- Did y'all play in kilts? <laughs> huh?
2: Did y'all play in kilts?
1: You don't have to take it down that road,
3: but. Well, I mean, how, how, devoted, li- <laughs> how devoted were you? Stop evading the question.
1: We w- Listen, we played like we were in dresses. We were 0 and 10 my senior year. <laughs>
4: Sorry, Next question. Hey, hey. Maybe we should be asking you this minute a (laughs) question.
1: I refuse to answer. I plead the fifth. All right. All right, wizard. All right,
4: here we go. (laughs) If you could pick one vehicle you want to own, what would it be? I hate to sound materialistic, but I would definitely have to say a Porsche Panamera. Oh,
1: I love those, dude. You got to go big. I (laughs) love those. All right. What movie, if you had one movie to choose to watch for the rest of your days... What movie would that be?
4: Saving Private Ryan.
1: Ah, oh, dude, that gets me every time. That's a
3: fantastic, I don't know how many times I've seen that. It never gets old. It's one of those it ones. It never
4: gets old. It keeps getting better, actually. Everything about it. I mean, the way it was done, you know, not only is it just an amazing movie, but to, you know, really see, you know, whether you lasted one second, you know, whether you did not get off the boat. Or, you know, whether you made it till, you know, mm-hmm. the end of the war, just to see, you know, those men step off of those landing crafts onto that beach and know that they might only have seconds, you know, left to live. And, uh, you know, just seeing what they went through and knowing and and with every generation that raises their right hand. I mean, that's so incredible and powerful, you know, but to have raised your right hand you know, in World War Two, when, you know, it was storming beaches and, you know, it was uniform on uniform and weapon against weapon and man against man, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it's almost so powerful you can't even wrap your, your mind or your thoughts around it. Mm. But, you know, if I, if I had to pick a movie, it would be that because it would, you know, always, like you said, if I had to watch every single day or for the rest of my life and that was it. You know, that is a movie that will always and forever keep things and put things in perspective for you.
1: Man, Kyle, that's that's a hell of an answer, brother. All right, Marcus, fire away. All right, brother. Favorite superhero.
4: Spider-Man. Ironically, (laughs) Ironically, Spider-Man for sure. How
2: can it not be?
1: Dude, you you just made Marcus's day, Kyle. Hey, even when people say, totally that. made Marcus's like day. Like other
2: guests, they say something else. I always write Spider-Man beside their name anyways.
1: <laughs> <laughs> in the hopes that somehow they'll change oh, their minds, they'll get to where they the ultimate Spider-Man. is. All right, Wizard, fire.
3: Would you rather be able to see in the
4: dark or breathe underwater? Oh, man, that is a great one. Uh... See in the dark. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you know, I I don't know if I could have an exact answer on that, but most of us are out of the water the majority of our life. So (laughs) uh, to be able to see in the dark, I think would be uh, you know give me a little bit more of an advantage. But you know, both would be awesome to to be able to do.
1: Very cool. All right, if you could pick any decade in history to go back and live through. What decade would you choose?
4: Oh, man. These are rapid fire. Not uh, really. I, we just pretend
1: it is so <laughs> we can catch you off guard.
4: You know, I would – it might sound cheesy, but I would say, you know, right now. In oh, this that's cool. To, to have the opportunities that I've had and to have met the people that I've met and to have learned the lessons that I learned, mm-hmm. uh, you know, as fun and as awesome as some of the other – you know, decades might be and might have been. Uh, I would have to say right now because you know I'm I'm living a great life that I'm very thankful to to be around to have a second chance at.
1: That's awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah, that's right. fair. That that's mm, the yeah. end of the mad minute. It's it's usually like ten minutes, but that's the perfect answer to end on. All right, Kyle. So the reason why we're doing this show is to help the people that are out there. That, that are searching within themselves, that are looking deep inside for, the, for that spark, for that, to, that fuel to light that fire in their guts so that they can overcome adversity and, 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 and face the real negative insurgencies of life and the combat of life with the never quit mindset. So that's why they come to our show. That's what they're looking for. So would you please, brother could you please share with our listeners and with us your greatest never quit story or stories?
4: Absolutely. Um, You know, that is a great uh, mission, a great mindset and, you know, a great goal to try to achieve to, you know, at the end of the day, just help people and give them hope. And, you know, I kind of look at, you know, my journey, if you want to call it that up until this point, with, you know, two kind of uh, distinct goals or periods throughout my recovery and up till today.
0: Mm
4: -hmm. Uh, The first one, you know, would be the every single second and minute and hour of the day grind through my almost three years in the hospital at Walter Reed, Uh, you know, to – wake up and have your arms tied up from swelling to not even really know if you're going to keep your arms, you know, to being able to to sit up in the bed on your own and to, you know, have to go to the bathroom with a team of five to eight corpsmen and people holding, you know, tubes or holding you wherever you don't have tubes coming out of. And, you know, to not be able to make it, you know when when the last memory I had I was you know toting a machine gun in southern Afghanistan, and almost five weeks later I wake up and I can't even go to the bathroom on my own or stand up or even take a step for that matter uh, so the moment I woke up is really when that that first journey and that first piece started, and uh, you know <clears throat> Talking about all those, you know, whether it's, you know, going to the bathroom on your own or standing up on your own or making a lap and circling around the nurse's station and then, you know, their nurses or doctors ring a bell for you and everybody cheers because it's this huge accomplishment. You know, there's so Mm. many small steps to get to that point. Wow. And, you know, whether it's going to therapy every single day for hours and hours or knowing that you have two to two and a half years of surgeries before you can even think about leaving Walter Reed. And, you know, like I said, to not know if you're going to keep your limbs, uh, you know, all of those things takes a process and it takes steps in order to achieve whatever you're trying to achieve. So, you know, it might've seemed like a mile from my hospital bed to my doorway or to my hospital room bathroom that, you know, eventually I wanted to be able to just go in and use on my own, you know, I had to first sit up in the bed. Uh-huh. I had to first put one leg over the side of the bed. And, you know, even doing that with my body not ha- have having moved in four or five weeks, you know, I we learned that I had to get pumped full of anti-nausea medicine before I could make that step just because to get moving after all that time was, was, uh, you know, extremely sick. difficult on me. Exactly. And so, oh. you know, I just one slow inch at a time and throw my legs over the side of the bed and eventually standing up. And, you know, even though there was a team of people to, like I said, hold those tubes and hold my, you know, casted arms or braced arms, you know, to I had to throw my legs over the side of the bed in order to make it to the hallway. And really, that kind of momentum and those little steps continued. But I remember, uh, not the exact time, but when I was home, before I moved back up to Walter Reed, so you know I had to have definitely been within the first six months to a year of my recovery. I remember one night, uh, it was around 9 or 10 at night, and I was sitting at our kitchen bar and I was eating, trying to eat a bowl of cereal. I mean, the grenade blew a lot of my teeth out and I hadn't had any, m- most of my reconstructive surgeries at that point. So uh, I was trying to eat a bowl of cereal and none of the lights were on. The TV was off. I was just kind of, you know, sitting there in in my haze of medication and still trying to grasp, I guess what happened. And, uh, I think mom was just home but regardless I just remember I completely for the first time and you know 6 months to a year after getting injured I completely broke down wow. and I just yeah I just like started crying it like did not stop and mom came in and of course she immediately freaks out thinking that something painful happened or you know something really bad happened and I just told her and my arms were so bandaged up, i really thinking back, I don't even know how I was holding the spoon, Uh, but my arms are so banged up, and I just remember asking mom, you know, who is going to love me anymore? You know, my my hands don't work, my arms don't work, you know, my ears are still ringing, I can't hear anything, my vision sucks now, like, you know, where do you even go from here? And I could see that devastated her, and of course, she was just so, you know, beyond sad to hear her son say that. And, you know, that only not only gave me a great lesson to I need to stay strong for my family, because they've been strong for me. And now that I'm getting better, I need to, you know, give every single day to get out of this situation and, you know, to get our family back together and everything positive. Again, I really need to work hard to get out of this, you know, so that was a small portion of it. But, you know, after I broke down and after, you know, mom hugged me and um, I don't even know if she said anything really just because, I mean, you know, what is there to say? Uh, I got by a grenade. You know, it is the way it is. And there's no looking back. But at the same time, you still got to deal with, you know, the, the next few years in the hospital and knowing that that's coming and all the surgeries. And But I, re- I remember and I'm so thankful, like with many lessons I've learned, that that happened because I realized in that moment that I was either going to, you know, sit at that kitchen counter or lay in that hospital bed for the rest of my life, or I was gonna get up, you know, and I was gonna finish that bowl of cereal and I was gonna I was gonna keep trying to tackle life in whatever capacity I could. But really that leads into my second um never quit moment and goal that I tried to achieve. You know, when I was laid in the hospital bed and, you know, I I didn't know what laid on the other side of things or, you know, I knew there was a light at the end of the tunnel and I knew I was going to get there. But just to think about three years in the hospital was heavy Oof. and was uh, was a lot to think about. But at the same time, you know, I kind of thought about a few things that if I did them, You know, I would I would know that I was back on my feet again and I would, you know, know that I still had the fight in me. And not that I didn't know that already, but I I really wanted to prove it to myself. So the first big and main goal I set, you know, besides the little ones and everyday grind was to uh, run a marathon. And so, uh, you know, every single day, not that I really had that in mind. But I knew that if I took care of the small goals and, you know, if I got up and took a few steps every day and a few steps further the next day that, you know, eventually I would get to that 26.2 miles. And um, so I completed my recovery in July of 2013, and I immediately I'd use my time at Walter Reed to do some admissions work. So for the University of South Carolina, so that the moment I got done with my recovery, I started school. And then uh, in October, after that July, medically retiring out of Walter Reed, uh, I can, signed up, uh, attempted, and I completed my first and uh, Marine Corps marathon and first marathon ever. That's so awesome. That, I love it that. Was, <laughs> it, thanks, man. It was so awesome. And it was awesome when I crossed the finish line and knowing that not only did I cross this finish line when you know, for all those that never even made it back right. to even have the chance, not only at life, but to do things like the Marine Corps Marathon or to jump out of a plane, you know, with Jay Redman. Actually, that's crazy. <laughs> we were talking about him earlier. Uh, jumping Love for you, a purpose, Jake. you know. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. And, uh, you know, just to do things like that and to cross that finish line just truly was a, a, a surreal moment. To have ran that 26 miles and to look back and to know that I just spent three years in the hospital and went through all these things, to cross that finish line really just made me realize that, you know, I'm still here. I'm definitely still kicking. And, uh, you know, really this is – it kind of, in a weird way, felt a little bit, you know, like the end. You know, I had set this massive goal for myself that, you know, physically, you know, doctors, whether it was a pull-up or a marathon, you know, more along – more or less kind of told me to take it easy and they didn't, you know, know if that would be in my best interest. So to, to hear that and to go through three years and to always be thinking about it, but never, you know, you can be so sure about something, but you you never know that you're going to cross the finish line until you do and until you push yourself to get there. So when I did, that was just such a surreal moment that, you know, I, I got to run it for those that never got the opportunity and for myself you know, it just really proved to me that I'm still here living, and I'm making the most of of the, the second opportunity at life that I have. So that was that was an amazing moment in my recovery, and in the past, you know, going on seven years now since I've been since I you know was injured and, and joined the Marine Corps.
2: Man, hey, the worst thing about the, is the hospital stretches, man. They just they <laughs> suck, dude. I mean, you don't talk about wiping it out of you. You and, and I, I mean did the, not I'm a, right. you know, I'm a medic, man. I, I mean, I'm in there and when we weren't when we weren't operating, I'd go work in the uh, in the caches and stuff like that just to kind of get experience right. and, and hang out with the guys or whatnot. But um they, man, our our doctors and nurses everybody, they are fantastic at what they do. and, and their job is is just that man to keep us alive and, and get us back up online. You always kind of look at it. Like when you get hurt, you get ripped away from your platoon, uh, great leadership, man. He's like, Hey, this is your new squad right here. You know, and yeah, you gotta, exactly. you, you know, you gotta kind of adopt whoever you're with. It doesn't matter when you're busted up and you're in the hospital, man, you're not, you take your uniform off and, and you throw that the shirt on with the ass missing. And that, that's, the, that's the uniform of the day. Right. And, uh, <laughs> exactly. and there's sometimes in there because the problem is our guys don't like going to hospitals. Right. I mean, I wouldn't go to one if I didn't have to go in it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. So, I mean, you kind of start to die in there a little bit. It, it's tough, white walls. I mean, guys like us yeah. are visual motivators. kind of, and, and, you know, visually, if I see somebody getting motivated, we're going to get motivated. Right. And then we usually have stuff around us to help out with that. I mean, <laughs> even if you're healing up, man, you got some poor bastard next to you just come in like, damn. You got to, you know, you're trying to motivate each other, but it, it's just in white walls and white sheets. You know and talking about It's, it's kind of, it kind of it breaks you down a little bit. And, and the, the, the only way we really get through that are the nurses and doctors around it because they're military as well. You know, they're trying to get you back in the fight. And it's those small little adjustments. And I don't know why in the hell guys like us do this because I remember after one of my surgeries, I still, I mean, I still juiced up on Daladom. I think this is why I did it. I was like, hey, I'm motivated. I'm going to do a half marathon. <laughs> yeah, This is how tough you are, bro. You did a full one. I can. I, I
4: hate running. Hate it. If you, you see me running for You're, charity. You suck at running those. Me too. Charity. I <laughs> never right. recommend one.
2: Right? <laughs> so I bumped off at the gums I was like three months man let's do this half marathon and and I forgot about it <laughs> and it ca- it came up and all these people showed up so I had to go do it no oh yeah yeah. Oh, how'd yeah.
4: that go do you need some after oh, oh, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I
2: don't know if I will I think I did wind up back in the hospital I? yeah I did I did wind up back in the hospital no big deal they expect that <laughs> Charity oh, hurts you hear right? that
4: people, you hear that? Running will put you in the hospital. Oh don't do it. my god. <laughs> oh, man, Bad for your health. <laughs>
2: Right, working so out is
1: combat apparently. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, working out makes your muscles yeah. hurt. Why would you do that? Right. Like, I don't like to work out. I'm getting sore after. I don't like right. being sore. But, uh, uh, so,
4: but no, Marcus, you could not have said it better. And I like to just take every opportunity and every uh you know, chance I get, whether in front of a camera or microphone, like you said. You know the doctors and nurses are so incredible, and they do such an amazing job. And and you couldn't have said it better. You know, if it wasn't for them, uh, who knows where all of us that were laid up in a hospital bed would be. So, uh, major credit to them. And you know, I I actually had you know most of my invitations to my Medal of Honor ceremony were all of my therapists and doctors and nurses. So. Like you said, they're just extremely special people that, you know, are, are here for a purpose and, and doing really great things and and them along with my family is, you know, I'm a, a huge believer in you don't, you know, you're going to get to a, a certain extent or to a place in life on your own and your own hard work and, and outlook on things. But, you know, I, I truly think that, you know, you don't get... Tearful potential, where you really could be or want to be in life, without you know great people that that love you and and support you and surround you, and you know they are those people for sure. So thank you to them. Amen. Uh, well,
2: you know, another thing is, is is even in the military, we get that they say that ba- that sense of humor is kind of dark and it's uh, brooding or whatever, and then you know it just kind of exacerbates it when you, get, when you get hurt and you're you're in a hospital. And you need hit, it, right? Yeah, you're in there with all those guys. Kind of like, this is the deal, man. Guys <laughs> who've been hurt and guys who've been uh, in there with us while we were getting hurt, man, don't don't feel like you should be separated from us because right. we took the hit. That's not how it works, man. You know, we're, it could have been you. That's what Derek said. That's yeah, man, what Chad you know, it's kinda said. Of, you know, send it out, man. It brings that levity and lets you know we're still brothers. I mean, because it, that crap happens to all of us, man. But I, I, I mean, I get it too. It's just... <laughs> uh, but it's that... Man, even in, in in our darkest days, in there with uh, it's those it's those smiling faces and doctors and the nurses, right, that, that bring us out of that. And they, I mean, it all has its place to push us back up online. And it's a it's a it's a power, man, that you There's really don't. Get, yeah, sure. Anywhere else? Yeah. And, the, and the beautiful part about it, hell. When we remember guys man when they would get shot and they would lose their eye they now they have a trident or a or a eight ball or a crosshair and we're like oh dude
3: I need one of those that's so cool <laughs> I has mean. got at least one with a with a purple heart in it he's got one yeah, with uh, I
2: mean you're you're hanging around dudes who think now, you got something we can't have yet, and you have to take your ass back out there to get shot. Let's go, man. Come on. There's a pretty good chance yeah. I can get hooked up one of these. <laughs> you see how cool his eye is? <laughs> hey, it resonates with me because my eyes were jacked up my whole life, man. If I could have had a crosshair in one of mine, dude, that would have been awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. Every time one of our boys rolls
1: by with that thing, I'm trying to
2: steal it. Oh. Yeah, all right, boy. All
1: right, Kyle, <laughs> I got a question for you. So. You know, I I'd, I'd like to shift the focus a little bit. Ultimately, a pretty amazing thing happened to you for and, and I've heard you describe it in a few interviews as something that just you did because you were trained to do it because you're a Marine. You were a you were a recipient of the Medal of Honor. Can you take us through um, not necessarily what it was like for President Obama to call you, but the moment when you first began to realize the the profound responsibility that's associated with that medal.
4: That is a great question. I appreciate you asking because I always try to get into this, but you know I never get asked that. It's always, you know, what was it like in the White House? You know, what was it like when the president called you? Which was surreal and and you know completely um, amazing. And I still don't think I can comprehend what has happened and what happened. Uh, but the responsibility piece is is what I'm glad that that you said, because, you know, everyone sees the social media and the news interviews and the photos and all the opportunities and the smiles, you know, but... The medal is so heavy.
0: Huh.
4: It's, hmm. you know, I s- survived Afghanistan, and I, you know, came back and and years later, I was presented with this medal. That and and you know, Dave, honestly, I I don't even I don't even know if I can say it was, you know, what I was. Trained to do. I, I think that it really was just I was put in a unique situation, huh. you know, that I truly feel, you know, like other Marines would have done the same for me. And uh, it was just a very extraordinary situation. And I made an extraordinarily <laughs> stupid mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't recommend, but uh, no, I mean, I got put in this situation and, you know, I'm I'm thankful that things happen the way they happen. Obviously, I'm thankful to be alive, but, you know, to have my fellow Marine that I was up there with, you know, still here today, uh, I'm just, you know, so appreciative sure for that. Uh, but getting back to the medal, I mean, people see so many great sides of it and I'm glad and I'm so thankful that I've been you know, afforded that platform. But at the same time, you know, I had this metal draped around my neck that represents not only our Marine Corps, but our amazing military and all those that have worn the uniform and continue to wear the uniform and raise their right hand every single day. And not only, you know, that vast responsibility of of knowing that it represents – our country and our military and our Marine Corps. But you know, it has you know, it carries with it those that not only served but went somewhere in the world and was injured and killed and and bled out and died on a on a foreign distant battle land that most people In this country, you know, thankfully so, because they don't have to be there, but they can't even pronounce it. And there's those that not only, Hmm. you know, gave their last measure of devotion and commitment and, and, you know, drop of blood to their country and to all of those that are, you know, safely sleeping back here at home. But then there are those that not only got killed overseas and for our country— but people don't even know how they die. They're missing in action. I mean, you know, to have all of those things that this one medal represents oh. and that, you know, little me from South Carolina is presented with and, you know, all of the things it represents and, you know, then a very small aspect of it compared to that. But you get this medal that is so heavy and just, such a tremendous honor and such a tremendous honorable burden, if that makes sense and doesn't sound bad. Totally. Uh, you know, not only that aspect of it, but you get this medal and the moment it's put around your neck, you're supposed to be this, you know,
1: beacon of light. Star,
4: exactly. This beacon of light this super that never gets down, has to do everything perfect and, and so on and so forth. so, you know, there's a lot of different aspects of it, but getting back to what you asked me, the the main thing about the medal is the responsibility and just knowing that something that I received, you know, whether I deserved it or not, you know, represents such, you know, in, incredible ideas and incredible things and incredible service and an incredible country. So I'm so honored and appreciative to have it and to be able to, you know, connect with other veterans and connect with anyone that's had a hard time, uh, through life, whether it's physical, mental, or emotional. Um, so with all of that said, you know, you asked that, that one moment when I realized kind of the responsibility of everything. And, you know, I regret to say that it wasn't until years after, uh, maybe not years, maybe, uh, a year and a half after I received the medal that, a marine came up to me an active duty marine and uh you know I was in this line I, I would never you know turn anyone down for a handshake or a picture and I'm so appreciative sure for everyone that comes up so you know I was taking pictures and meeting people and uh you know hugging it up with whoever would give me their time and this marine came up to me and he told me that he did not kill himself because of me. Oh. And you know, I don't say that in in any bragging way. I say that as I'm so thankful for that moment. Not that, you know, I've ever felt obligated to get out there and go speak or you know, go do this and that or you know, show up at this event. Not that I've ever felt obligated, but at that moment I realized that I knew that you know yes the metal and everything is crazy but at the end of the day i'm actually truly in whether it's one or you know a million at the end of the day i really did just you know from putting on a smile trying to stay positive and just like you said putting one foot in front of the other like i truly impacted him and you know impacted him that way that you know he didn't you know, kill himself. And that, you know, that was like going back to the metal. I mean, that's just one of those extremely heavy moments that mm. you know, I'm so thankful for it. But, you know, to hear that, uh, you know, to hear things like that, I just I can't quit after that.
1: Wow. I I
2: yeah. You know, I got something to say about that. That's you're right, man. That it's heavy, right? That's a heavy experience. And what I what I was taught man, what and pass this down to you, the the best kind of common is don't let that wet, that metal wear you, all right? And never sell yourself short. I heard you say earlier, man, you up in there uh, waiting on your cosmetic surgery or whatever. You're a warfighter, a straight up Marine. I remember when I was in the hospital, man, they were, like, they were trying to doctor up the scars on my face. And just for the record, I didn't get enough of them. I mean, scars identify <laughs> us as a warfighter, man. You need to know what you're looking at. So if that, my dog's like, I'm going to fix that scar. I was like, I will break your hands, dude. If you want, try to give me something a little around the other side over here. And
4: yes, that's
2: awesome. Some, the guys that I came up with, man, two of the brothers are Green Berets. And one of them, man, he got hit so hard. I mean, he, his, his hands are wrapped up. So he was burnt so bad. I mean, his fingers fall off. I mean, just, just terrible, right? And my brother, man, he's helicopter crashes. And the whole the mentality that, that we have, man, is that that's your purpose, right? You're not wearing that medal every day, right? So when you take it off, you take it off. I don't, I I don't wear that moment all the time. I mean, if I need to, if you, when you put that medal on, or if it's time to put that story on, then you go in, then you put it on, all right? I mean, and you you know that you're capable of that, and what that medal tells you, yeah, it, you're, you're wearing that just like a lot of those guys do. That's a beautiful part about that medal, and that's why you earned it. You can bet your ass, man. All the boys, all the boys who jumped on those grenades, man. When we see them again, they're gonna be like, hey. You could have been quicker. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs>
2: Come on, to jump to And it's a mad...
4: What people don't Sorry, understand... That, that, that's the one chance you get. <laughs> right?
2: Right? Man, it's it's that brotherhood. And, and what everybody... When they look at you with that metal, man, you're a symbol of how far we'll take this, man. And still stand and walk tall. And uh, yeah. that's, that's the cool part. Uh, not... Cool part about it. Maybe that's not the right word, man. That's that's the the heavy part about it. And that's what reminds you daily, man, where you come from, right? You're in, you're in the you can go down in the trenches. And then it resonates, man, it's a powerful thing. You don't people don't understand that metal has a life of its own, right? I mean, it really does. It's it's I don't know anything about this world, but I know a lot of those guys, and it it has a life of its own. And its personality has to to respond to everybody coming around it. Right. You know what I'm talking about? And a lot of times the guys wearing that. That's a heavy thing. You know, you, you can't, you, you don't pick that guy. I picked to be, a, you know, you picked to be a Marine, go in, do all this stuff, man. The part, it's funny because everything you had to become once you put that medal on is everything you tried to avoid by yeah, becoming a damn. Totally. <laughs> like, like, like <laughs> yeah, in your exactly. pre
1: brief for the going on the op, this is, all right, this is where yeah. Kyle, you're going to jump in front of the grenade and get your Medal of Honor. Are you fired <laughs> up? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah,
4: right. And I can't, if I had a dollar for every time I have heard, Oh, you look way bigger on TV. <laughs> Thank you very much. I truly appreciate it. <laughs> but no, you're right, Marks. I mean, I, I truly appreciate all that. But I mean, you're right. It is, it is. Uh, it has a life of its own, an uh, image of its own, and it. You know, it's been a, it's been a wild ride. But I mean, you couldn't have said it better.
2: Yeah, I remember. I had to. I had. I've had my medal on twice. One time when I got it, and then I had to. I had. It was on my uniform when I had to go do this. It was, I was this big compound. I was sitting down and getting my blood pressure checked in that one of those cuff machines. Right. And this world war II guy came. Beep, hey, he saw his hat on. He had a, a walker. He come walking, uh, walking past me. Then he kind of strolled back and he popped, popped me on the chest and he looked at me and he goes, I'm sorry you had to go through that. Oh wow. That's what he said. And then he looked at my tried and he goes, but I see you wanted it. <laughs> yeah. That's the kind of thing man. I was like. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, I want everything I got. I mean, that's uh, how I'm made. Wow. I mean, I, great battles are reserved for great warriors, man. And, and it's just kind of one of those you train and that mentality and everything that goes into that. Man, if you were accepted onto that battlefield, man, you walk tall when you come off of it, no matter how beat the shit you are, because you're still there. <laughs> like, You want to see what a big dragger I just went through? Look at his face. <laughs> Like you take that the metal is blue there ain't nothing blue on me man. Like, you know, that, you know that, that's that kind of fire
4: you gotta go up in you man I, I gotta start coming on here more y'all are, y'all are really getting me motivated and there you
2: go <laughs> I, I never oh that's a lie man I was standing there coming out of my uniform and one of the hardest dudes I know walked up to me and we had an inspection and he was straightening up my you know I'm kind of yeah, spurring me away. you need a little straight. Yeah, you know, right? <laughs> yeah, it was Lennox, it was Yeah. Who's a meat eater, right? And yeah. he looked at me, he goes, what, what, what's that one? I was like, is Navy Cross? He goes, "Pussy." Yeah, I didn't even
4: know. I mean, it's like, we don't even care.
2: It was embarrassing that I, had. I didn't even want to wear it out there, right? Right. But they knew I would be out of regs. The only medals we wear are expert pist- pistol and rifle, so yeah. you know if someone doesn't have the E on there that they're a shit bag. Yeah. You know, so kinda of, It's kind of, I earned that one, right? and uh there's the guys around us man it's just it's that mentality it's just it's yeah hey it, support one you, another you're wearing our past and you're wearing the 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 life and the memory of all those guys man who who put out in that capacity and with you man it's the ultimate one it's man look the medal of honor is just something they had to create to to, to signify the situation that you're in but you really can't even put words on it man you can't identify it with with, with that but just for our own kind of peace of mind, man, let us, yeah, just thank you for wearing it and let us thank you for all your boys, the ones that didn't. And you, yeah, man. That's why you got broad shoulders, right? Because the thanks you're going to carry every great thing that comes with that. And you're going to carry every bad thing that comes with it. And that's, yeah. it's not one of those deals that we're looking at you and, and recognize you for that moment. Yeah. Yeah. That that's what the, the metal signifies. All right. Now we're going to watch you for the rest of your life go into good and bad situations, get married, have kids, struggle with that, get them into college and grow into an old man. And then, blah. blah. and it's, it's that kind of how you respond to that because you're always in the public eye and you can take it, right, man. You can just take it. And uh, yeah, you're going to go down because you can't be
1: on point 24 seven.
2: That's the beauty about when you take that thing off, man, you take it off. I
1: love that advice. I love that's great advice, Marcus. And and, and I want to you know add to this with you, Kyle, a little bit. You know and you know I, I this is the first time we've ever had a chance to chat. And and you know I'm 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 a Christian, and I I believe God does things for us in particular ways that that gives us what we can what we can hold, what we can endure. And I think God gives particular responsibilities to those that he believes have an incredible strength and Kyle you're one of those individuals man and you're one of those people out there and and what I love most about you and from what I just from the external what I witness is your sincerity about it your honesty and that in my mind it makes me better to know that you do appreciate the the burden of that you do are are it, the the the, all the the people that have passed all our fallen brothers doesn't you acknowledge both sides of
2: that means that you acknowledge the the honor it takes to wear that thing that anybody who says what you just said man you know that hey man not only did you earn it you deserve to wear it and keep wearing it and it's everything i got bro to crawl back in next to, in my house next to my wife to get away from all that madness know that that you have a strength that i don't man that you to walk that line with, with in that fraternity, that's a big deal, man. They wouldn't have put that on you if they didn't trust me. They did their homework on you. Yeah, I, yeah you yeah. know what I'm talking about. That one of them deals, that <laughs> fly by night deal. I, can I? <laughs> well, ask thanks, you-
4: guys. I uh, I, I mean, to say thank you, and I, I truly appreciate those words. Of being an understatement, that uh, that really meant a lot, and was, you know, I'll I'll forever remember that advice. That was that was very cool. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. What, one of the things before we finish here. Um, that we always like to ask our guests is, you know, what are the things that you two or three or four, however many things, what are the things that you tap into every day, Kyle, when you wake up? And you're late for class or, or you're just trying to, you know, uh, be a good son or a good friend or you're, you're studying for a tough exam or you're, you're dealing with some bigger issues. Like you said, what are the things that you tap into on a day in and day out basis that our listeners can apply in their, li- their lives? A couple of different things.
4: That is a great question. Um, This is something that I speak a lot on uh, when I do get to traveling and and do get the fortune opportunities to speak to people and try to motivate them. Uh, The main thing is keep it in perspective. I mean, when you start your day or you're going through your day and granted, you know, everybody has to learn. Everybody has to go through life, but, you know, and not. Knocking on college students, or age, or anything, but you know, just as an example, and it takes those life lessons to to appreciate, you know, the small things and to have that perspective. But you know, whether I'm walking through campus or you know, over here in a conversation, you know, to hear you know people complain, well, it's hot outside, or you know, my cell phone ser- service sucks, you know, so on and so forth. You know, really, you know, think about not only what you're saying but what you're allowing yourself to think and and kind of go into throughout the day i mean i guess if you haven't been in you know and you know tough and rough and hard and you know mentally and physically trying situations maybe you know unfortunately you might not ever get this perspective but you know truly Mm. think about you know what you're saying or, or complaining about or, or what you're stressing about, whether it's a, uh, an exam in school, your next class, the next day at your job or, or whatever, you know, think about – and it sounds kind of cliche, but think about you know, how great we have it and how bad it could be. I mean there are mm. you know—over over 50 million people around, around the world every year die from unclean water. Wow, I mean, you know that is, you know, one example. I mean, that the people in Afghanistan, as as you know, you know, are are so oppressed uh, over there, and and you know, we have done incredible things, but you know, that's just another example of, of everywhere around the world is, you know, these un- very unfortunate and hard and and you know, trying situations that you know people aren't you know, going through the day to have it interrupted by bad cell phone service. They're going through the day to have it interrupted by people that, you know, their next door neighbors that, you know, want them dead or wow. don't want them around anymore because you believe in someone, you believe in something different than than the person beside you. So, you know, there's all these, you know, extremely, you know, tough and, and big situations. And, you know, I understand that, you know, everybody has their own struggles or their own problems, but, you know when you really encounter those problems think about uh you know other people out there and 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 you know other other places in the world and other situations that you could be in and and you know when you get to come home and and take a shower and kick back on your couch at the end of the night or or, or whatever you do you know you get to do that in a free nation that allows you to do that where you can Post something on social media, well, first of all, you have internet and a phone in the first place, <laughs> but you can right. post something on social media, or you know you can hold uh an anti war you know protest on your school campus, and you can do all these things, and you don't have to worry about the repercussions I mean, yeah, you might get slammed on instagram or or whatever the case is, but you know in the in the in the grand scheme of life in the big picture uh you know we we really have it good, and obviously, I'm not generalizing that to everyone that lives in this country. There's some that obviously have extremely hard struggles, and and might not know where their next meal is coming or their their meal at the end of the day is coming from. So, uh, you know, we all have those struggles, and everybody, you know, there's always one person out there every single day uh, in the world that it is the worst day of their life. So, I try to keep that in mind, and and really. You know, never ever look down or point fingers or or judge or do anything like that. But, you know, whenever the opportunity arises, I do take the chance to tell people, like, hey, okay, you might have to stay up till 3 a.m. getting ready for this exam you procrastinated on. (laughs) But after your exam, you can come back and you can sleep and you can go out and have a nice meal and go see your family and do whatever you want. And, you know, some people don't even get we'll never get a chance to ever stress about a test in school. Wow. So, you know, some things as hard as they might be, you know, look at it as, you know, a lesson of perspective and and gratitude.
1: That's just profound. That that's a unbelievable that that's couldn't awesome. have been a better answer, Kyle. Thank you so much. Um we're, we we've got one last thing. To ask you, and and that's not not
4: a closing minute round. No, 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 yeah, the closing
1: mad twenty minutes, right? (laughs) And these questions are really hard. You know, (laughs) what is your greatest failure in life? No, so (laughs) what we want to know is what's next for you. I mean, where do you go from here? How do you look forward in the future? And and what do you want to accomplish? You know, in the short term, in the long term, with your life, Kyle.
4: Another great question. I really got them today. Thank you very much. Um, you know, the next step for years and years, it was whether I was motivationally speaking and traveling, or just going to an event to go and support. You know, all day, every day. It's you know, what are you doing? What's the next step? And I kind of got into a rut where I was just saying almost a rehearsed answer that mm-hmm. I just spit out, you know, to all hundred people that would ask me that night. And, you know, I don't really know if I would have changed it because I haven't known what my plan is really. But what I have learned is, you know, obviously life comes at you very fast sometimes and can throw huge curveballs. But knowing that, I've just I've learned that you can plan to an extent. And then you just have to be, while staying positive and working hard and, and trying to do good things, uh, you know, to a certain extent, life's just going to take over and you're going to have to roll with the punches and, and take it how it comes. So, you know, I'm kind of, at that point, I'm graduating from the University of South Carolina in December. Awesome.
1: Gamecocks!
4: Yeah. Nice work. With a, uh, with a major, thank you very much, with a major in international studies And so, um, I did a few internships while I was at Walter Reed and one of them was with a, uh, counterintelligence agency and, uh, that contributes, uh, like all of them, you know, so greatly to our homeland security and to keep us safe here at home. And so, uh, with the public speaking that that's come along, you know, for so long, you just plan where you want to go in life and the job you want to do, but, kind of for my example, my story earlier, when I truly felt, you know, the responsibility or the weight of the medal or or when I realized what I truly, you know, been honored with, going back to that, I realized that in some capacity for the rest of my life, you know, if I can, you know, physically and mentally and emotionally, I need not preaching what I'm preaching, but keep relaying the lessons that I've learned through, very hard and tough and unfortunate life circumstances, but you know now that I'm on the other side where the grass is greener, and you know I found that light at the end of the tunnel, tell people the lessons I learned from all of that hard stuff and the perspective I've gained, and to also tell them that all of those terrible things that I'm telling you about, now I'm appreciative that I went through it, and that you know if I wouldn't have gone through all those things. We wouldn't be sitting here and talking today, and I wouldn't have learned the extremely valuable lessons. That fortunately, because ninety-nine percent of Americans don't go into those dangerous, bad areas and combat zones, they will not know. So I, I feel like uh, it's my duty, and you know, my honor, and uh, m- in a good way, my obligation to stay out there. And like I said, whether it's one or a million to have that Marine or that service member or just that, you know, civilian uh, off the street that supports me to have them, you know, tell me that I helped them get out of bed in the morning or that they didn't kill themselves because of me. That is starting to really shift to my focus of what I want and need to do in life. Uh, But at the same time, you know, I earn my degree and I, I want to, you know, work in some capacity, I think, you know, right now having another six months before I graduate, I'm just kind of in the brainstorming stage of, uh, I've narrowed down where I might want to end up a few places, but really just thinking about how public speaking and the job and the metal are all going to kind of blend together and and work with each other and, and you know, how things are going to be from here on out.
2: Oh yeah. I'm sure that was explained to you, cowboy. Do that. I mean, that public yeah. speaking deal, whether you want it or not, it's going to be there. People are always going to look to you, civilians, because they know what that medal means. There's a Point in fact, I'm, there's medal of honors older than you from different wars. They're around. You're going to be around. There's going to Marines coming up underneath you. They're going to need you. I mean, yeah, it, exactly. this thing gets passed down. So does that medal. That's, that's kind of what it does. It's going to find nice. somebody else to wrap its... Uh, Self around,
1: yeah, to become and, integrated. And the re- in The reason, soul. another
2: reason why you've uh, been identified is because we know how bad wars, no matter where they're fought, can get. And you don't need somebody standing there at the other end of that tunnel when they come through there, looking at them, going, "Hey, yep, been through this one. You ready at right. round round two? All right, and that just yeah, exactly. that that falls on you just by default. So. And as you grow older and you go out, like man, some of this stuff's weight and the questions. Man, you'll you'll be able to fill those. Uh, just it, it teaches you, man. Like I said, it has a life of its own, and the character of the metal will always keep you in check. One, because there's guys who wear it and are still alive, but two, because of the tradition and history behind it. Uh, and that, that's actually right. a guiding light. It's a it's a it's like an angel on your shoulder. But well, you got both, right? The devil and the angel are up there, man, because it's calling at you from both sides: the warrior and the civilian and the. A diplomat and, and all that—it's all encompassed in that in that one thing, man. And, and you're a symbol for that of those next generation. Their wars—it's already here. So, yeah, it's it's tough. But like I said, man, there's there's the guys that around you that wear that. And anytime you have a question, you need to fire that thing away to them, and uh, and and they'll square you away. Yeah. And then there's going to be situations you get in because it's your generation, right? You're the you're the next one up up and coming, man. You're going to figure it out on your own. I mean, standing there for the pass down, but. From what I understand, I mean, the drive you have, you got that. That's why that thing's around your neck. I mean, it It finds, it finds, it finds those itself. who can wear it. Yeah, in in, in, the, in our collective, man, that thing, well, for whatever reason, man, maybe it's the guys that wear it before us that have died. That what? Man, it finds those guys, and it found you. So,
4: yeah. Well, thanks, man. Thank you for all that. Yeah. Uh, that was awesome. I really appreciate it. Yeah, bro. Wow.
1: i I just. I I can't thank you enough for coming on. Your wisdom, your the the way you describe life and how you're living your life and what you come through, you you are uh, just. Uh, I feel so privileged to have been spent this time with you. Thank you. Uh, God bless you on this journey. God bless your family and brother. Uh, we just know this. We are always behind you at every turn.
4: Thank you so much. I I uh, can't even tell you what that means, but I will say, I will be back for sure. Uh, we were hoping you were <laughs> going to say that, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> And I had I had a great time. I truly did, and uh, you know I appreciate you supporting me and having me on, and uh, you know I'm honored to have, to have worn the same uniform as you. So. Uh, keep doing your thing, I'll keep doing mine, and uh, I look forward to an in-person meeting in the near future.
1: Amen. Oh, it's been our honor.
4: Take care. Bye, brother. All right, guys.
1: I, I don't, that, that guy, he's, he's dialed in. I mean, he is dialed in. Sure. I mean, he, he went through all that stuff
2: at a young, young age. He's a young super young. And uh man, that like like we said, man, that metal thrusts a whole new life on top of you in an instant. I mean, it's literally you wrap it around your neck, turn around, somebody asks you a question that's probably due to the seasoned dude who's been wearing it right for the last uh last from the last war. And uh yeah, he's right, man. It, it, I would imagine there's a big stress on that because you I mean you represent us. I mean, you have to walk all of off. us. You never bow your Before, hair, bend after. your damn knee. Nothing, man. Yeah, just kind of <laughs> who you are.
1: Man. Stand by, stand, stand by, by, young man. Yeah. What I, what I, you know, what I should have asked him is, what is it like when, when Mike Thornton or Tommy Norris or Howard or one of these guys, Doc Ballard, comes up to you and says, "Son, are you ready?" for the talk <laughs> yeah oh it's great when they all get around you know and
2: uh we get a little loose and and, and, and listen to those guys start shedding the stories because then you know the rank will come out and then the war will come out and then you, you got some other dude calling one of them guys man that's weak yeah we, i've read what you did <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying and there's those guys that walk in that wear that thing and it's like god dang this guy's story so ridiculous i i you know i like I I feel like I shouldn't be in the room with them guys. Right. And there's right. guys that wear that medal that they're like yeah,
3: Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean that that's a that's a club that's so exclusive it's only really paralleled by what, being an ex president of the United States almost. I, what? Oh sure. What yeah, other club is that exclusive? Yeah, the ex-presidents. Not, you can't find one. one in sports. You want a nope. Super Bowl? No, no ex-presidents.
2: You know. That's it, right? Talk about a close-knit <laughs> fraternity, man. You, to get into, oh my you know what god, what you gotta do to get into that? You not only you gotta sign up, man. Take your butt over to some place and. Fight till you can't even get it, get it, just get it done, baby. Or jump
1: on a grenade,
2: yeah, you know? yeah. Somebody hands you a grenade, and you're like, "Watch this! I'll take a bite out of this bitch for you, man." And blow half my face off, come back with a smile, right? I mean, and be positive. You had to do something to get it, so that it's absolutely.
1: huge. And I'm and and listen, I think the 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 office of the presidency is is phenomenal. But but there's a component of it that because of the campaigning, because of you know the negativity of politics that it 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 shifts it and it keeps it separate from the medal of honor recipients because oh it's distinctly different oh distinctly i'm just talking about the exclusivity diff- of it oh for sure for sure but like i i think for oh even, yeah i didn't mean that yeah no it you know it's we're talking exclusivity but i'm trying to take the guests to an, uh, another our listeners to a how we perceive it right and as oh, being right, right, former yeah. operators as as being guys that right no medal of honor it doesn't winners. matter
2: who who you are what war you've been in how hard you fought man one of them dudes walks in the room everybody's like
1: hello snap two
2: snap, pop two
1: pal pop we got one. we
2: got we got a serious one in here
1: well i remember the first time i i met a medal of honor winner i think i was in high school or someone came to our school and you know I knew it a little bit about it. I knew a couple of big ones from um, from World War Two, But then there's one standing in your presence, you know, mm. and you hear the story. And, man, I didn't know nothing. So it's almost like now having had a, a small little taste of, of combat and, and being in the teams and, and the effort, uh, I, it's like now it blows my mind. Right man. before we came on about the,
2: the Medal of Honor ones that step up in our head and literally— because they feed him on afn
1: during the commercials man There's so, like, so like what what did that guy do yeah man? totally totally man like that dude howard the green beret cat they call him the real world rambo i mean he was put in for i think 3 medal of honor wa- citations and and, and and i mean it just you 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 can't make that up mm. man and so i think that's the power of it there is such gravity To not only like you were saying to Kyle, the, the, the metal itself, but saying, Hey man, you can bear the burden. It found you. I loved when you talked about it in that sense. And really the grand scheme of how God picks us for anything. Right. And, 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 I think Kyle was chosen. He was chosen not because, like, all right, you're gonna be a medal, but he was chosen because of the character he had.
2: Oh yeah, the medal reveals the man. Mm. Yeah, when you get up in that level, it's not it's not the other way around, man. You just went through the door that gave it, that put it on you, didn't right? Give it to you. I mean, you don't win. You know, i Medal of Honor winner. Trust me. Yeah. He didn't no win. thanks.
1: You not win nothing. No right? I, I, I earned it. <laughs> three and a yeah. three years of surgeries. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, you know, right. he earned, he a, that's a earned. That is that is a recipient, right? I, I just, you know, I I think to myself, and I and I think if you're a listener out there, one, first off, thank you for participating in this show. This has by far been one of my favorite shows we we've done um, because of Kyle and the significance and the role he plays. In our nation and what he represents, it's just a, it really is an honor to be a part of that. But if you're a listener and this is your first time checking out our show, this is what the show is about. When you heard Kyle talk about that moment of weakness and then all of a sudden he, he flipped it and he didn't quit, right? He came back. And he he strives and he and you talk, you listen to him talk about bearing the burden of the metal, but he does it, man. And he does it with a smile on his face so he can help that one soul or a million souls. That's what the process of the never quit mindset is about. And and if this is your first time here, thank you for coming in and finding us. If you're a listener and you've come back, thank you for being back again. What we ask both of you to do is, we say, "Hey, please share this story, share Kyle's never quit story and stories with other people out there that you know that need help. Uh, share, share it with family members. Share it with other vets you know that might be struggling. Hell, share it with just." Yourself over and over. You can never listen to that man talk about his story too many times. And if you got to go back to it once a week or once a day to start out to get through your never quit moment, do so. If it's every checking in with him once a month or checking in with Goggin's story or Chad Fleming's or or Charlie Daniels, whosever story it is, don't be afraid to check back in with it to propel you over the obstacles of life. So. So
3: we're going to close this out by reading a citation again out of respect. Yeah, absolutely. Good. That sounds good to me. Presented to William Kyle Carpenter for conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty while serving as an automatic rifleman with company F second battalion, ninth Marines, regimental combat team, one first Marine division, first Marine expeditionary force in Helmand province, Afghanistan in support of Operation Enduring Freedom on 21 November 2010. Lance Corporal Carpenter was a member of a platoon-sized coalition force comprised of two reinforced Marine rifle squads partnered with an Afghan National Army squad. The platoon had established patrol base Dakota two days earlier in a small village in the Marja district in order to disrupt enemy activity and provide security for the local Afghan population. Lance Corporal Carpenter and a fellow Marine were manning a rooftop security position on the perimeter of patrol base Dakota when the enemy initiated a daylight attack with hand grenades, one of which landed inside their sandbagged position. Without hesitation and with complete disregard for his own safety, Lance Corporal Carpenter moved toward the grenade in an attempt to shield his fellow Marine from the deadly blast. When the grenade detonated, his body absorbed the brunt of the blast, severely wounding him but saving the life of his fellow Marine. By his undaunted courage, bold fighting spirit, and unwavering devotion to duty in the face of almost certain death, Lance Corporal Carpenter reflected great credit upon himself and upheld the highest traditions of the Marine Corps and the United States Naval Service.
1: Semper Fi.